Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-vibing friends. I'm so excited that you guys are all here today. As always, I have an amazing guest to introduce you to today. Um, so today we have Lori Seitz. She is the CEO of Zen Rabbit, an award-winning writer, speaker, and broadcaster, and a nationally recognized expert, expert my goodness, in using gratitude and meditation to manifest goals faster. The most difficult thing she's ever done is leave a 22-year marriage that experience inspired her transformation. She's now on a mission to guide Gen Xers to a place of unprecedented passion, clarity, peace, and to rediscover their purpose so they can get back to a place of liking themselves and their lives again. So welcome, Lori. Thanks so much for having me, Caitlin. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Um, so I have to ask you first, I love this statement that says she's now on a mission to guide Gen Xers to a place of unprecedented passion um, and help them get back to a place of liking themselves and their lives again. So tell me, how did you get in this field? How did, and then tell me specifically why Gen Xers? Uh, because I am one. And to clarify, a lot of Gen Xers do not know what they are. So this mm -hmm. is people in their 40s and 50s. And actually, some of the early 40s people are like the end, the older millennials. But mm -hmm. generally, the, the ones in their 40s and 50s are Gen X, okay? Gen X doesn't even know who they are. Like, we're the <laughs> overlooked generation, you know? Everybody knows about mm -hmm. baby boomers and millennials, and then they just yep. forget about Gen X. So, yeah. Um, but... But primarily because, you know, as a, a lot of entrepreneurs are, the problem they're solving is for themselves a few years ago, you know, turn around mm -hmm. and like, oh, that was me five years ago or whatever it is. And so, um, plus we are reaching an age now where parents are passing away. Maybe mm -hmm. some friends have passed away even, uh, kids. And I don't have any myself personally, but a lot of my friends, their kids are now graduating from high school, going on to college, graduating college, not needing them in the same way anymore. A lot of, a lot of us have been in marriages for a long time and now we're reevaluating and looking and going like, do I even like you anymore? I don't mm. think we belong together. And so all of this upheaval and, you know, they used to call it like the midlife crisis, which I really detest that term. It's, a, it's really more of an, a reevaluation. Yeah. And that's what's happening. And that's, that's who I see myself best able to serve. Love that. Yeah. And how did you kind of get into um, coaching and where you're at now? You know, I've always been a coach. You know, you ask kids what they want to be when they grow up, which is a horrible mm -hmm. question to start with. But <laughs> I... Uh, because I truly believe that a better question is who do you want to be, not what. Mm, I like that. However, <laughs> does not go on that tangent. Uh, <laughs> I always wanted to be a teacher. And mm. at that time, you know, when I was little, I was thinking teacher in front of a classroom, like in front of um, first graders or something like that. Right. But truly, uh, that is my calling is to teach just in a different way. Mm -hmm. teach and coach and hold people's hands. And this is a role I've been fulfilling for like my whole life. Anyway, people come to me uh, and 
want, uh, they just, they trust me to hold a space for them to tell me stuff that maybe they don't want to share with other people or, uh, and, and I just naturally ask them questions like a coach does Mm -hmm. to help them realize their own answers. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. When I was looking over your, um, website and kind of your platform. I loved the name of your um, kind of coaching platform and group. So I will let you share what that is. Okay. Well, what is our rating on this? Is this? Uh, No, it's all right. It's explicit. You're good. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. So yeah. So the program is called fuck being fine because Mm -hmm. we, and, and it's deliberately using that word to get attention, but also because reach a point where it's just like, I can't, I cannot do this one more day. Like fine has been fine until this point, but I can't now like fuck being fine. There has to be more and I'm going to find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think we do, like you mentioned, we get into this place where we're really like, I'm fine. I'm just moving through the day. I'm checking off my to-do list. And then we find ourselves in that oh my gosh, I've been doing this for years of just checking off my to-do list, just moving through what I should be doing rather than actually living our lives and enjoying. And I think that that's kind of what drew me to your program is that you're helping people realize that that's not okay anymore. You don't like you deserve to have more than just being fine. Um, And I also really liked one of your approaches too with gratitude. I think that that is a huge piece of things. I know that you do kind of um, create your own specific meditations and gratitude was something that I was looking at with that. And so I want to ask, we hear a lot about gratitude right? We hear like the traditional piece of the gratitude practice of, um, you know, like I make three things that, or write three things down at night that you're grateful for. And that's kind of the end of our gratitude conversation. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, like why gratitude? Why start there? Because gratitude is the highest energetic vibration you can get to it's up there it's it's with love love and Mm -hmm. gratitude are essentially to me the same the same level of vibration the highest one joy love gratitude and there's so much science and research behind this now Mm -hmm. that when you are in a state of gratitude like that's just when you are the most attractive to to manifesting, and if manifesting isn't a word that people are comfortable with, with attracting the goals that you'd like to have. Yeah. Like that's the vibration that you absolutely need to be in to make things happen the fastest. And I, and when I say make, cause that's a whole other um, part of a conversation I'd love to get into mm-hmm. making, you're not making things happen. You're allowing. Yeah. But but when you are in that state of gratitude, that is the most, that's when you're most allowable. <laughs> I like that. No, it's true. Yeah. Because I think we do, um, you know, I talk a lot about abundance. Obviously this is called the abundance mm-hmm. alchemist. And so this idea of an alchemist is kind of this creation piece. And, um, and then the abundance piece is the allowing piece. And I think that often we're thinking that we're creating abundance. And I talk a lot about with my clients that when we're, figuring out what we want to manifest or what our lives want to look like. We're not actually creating it. We're getting out of our own ways to allow the abundance that's already present to move into our space because we can't, we don't create abundance. It's like, um, 
I think it's like Newton's laws, right? You don't create the energy. It's already there. It's kind of, it already has a purpose. So we're just getting out of our own space and of those blocks that we're causing to allow that stuff to move into our current reality. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think too, um, I was going to say that piece about gratitude that you had on, I really liked that you talked about. It's kind of the highest vibrational energy because I think that the other piece that goes along with that is when we're in gratitude, we're really in the present moment, which is also how we can allow, because if we're not, and we're in the past, we're not in our gratitude space. If we're in the future, we're future tripping. We're not in our gratitude space. And then we can't allow anything to happen. We can't create any shift. We can't allow any shift to occur. So I think that when you said that, that just kind of like popped into my head of like, oh yeah, that's, you know, a big piece about the gratitude space and energetically. Yeah. And it's really important to actually get into the feeling of gratitude. Mm -hmm. You mentioned writing your three gratitudes every night. And I, that's great if it's something, if it's a, a practice that works for you. For a lot of people I've talked to, it becomes another thing on their to-do list. They're like, yep. I just want to go to sleep, but I have to do my mm-hmm. freaking gratitudes. Like, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not the right energy to be in. And if that right. is how you're feeling about writing your three or five things to be grateful for every day, stop doing it because it's mm-hmm. not serving you. <laughs> like, right. When you can get into that space of feeling the gratitude and, and even for the smallest things, like let's say somebody help, holds a door open for you this afternoon and you're thinking about that as you're falling asleep, like, oh man, that was so nice. I was just like, get yourself back into that feeling of like, ah, that felt so good. Mm-hmm. I love that. I actually had this conversation very similar uh, yesterday with one of my clients. We were talking about this idea of vision boards and mm-hmm. the conversation of, you know, vision boards and, and they had, um, you know, someone tell him like, Oh, do a vision board. And they're working on recovery and um, sobriety. And, and I said, you know, I really don't like vision boards. And they were kind of like, what? You don't like vision boards? And I'm like, I don't like vision boards for the reason that they keep you looking at the lack the lack of what you don't have. And Mm -hmm. we get lost that we're not in the emotion. So I said, if you're doing a vision board, great. But tell me what the emotion behind what you're trying to get or what the feeling behind what you're trying to get is because that's what we're actually trying to get to. And then we talked about how cool it is of when you get to, like you're saying, the feeling, you can actually create that feeling in yourself as a human. And then just similar to gratitude, like you said, when we're talking about, you know, gratitude and being grateful for, you know, somebody holding the door and what did that feel like and how did it make you feel? If we create that in our bodies, then we're in turn creating more. And like you said, attracting and allowing more. So I think that that was um, just like a huge kind of gold nugget that you just popped in on. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and um, the, in terms of vision board, I think they are, they can be helpful if you are especially if you're a visual person mm-hmm. to look at it, to get yourself into that feeling place of like, Oh, what does it feel like to drive that car or to mm-hmm. be on that beach? And you can use it as a prompt for the feeling. Then it serves uh, the purpose a little bit better. I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's kind of the same. I think I talk about a lot with um, like affirmations very Versus like mantras. I look at this idea of like, you know, a mantra to me is more like my perspective or perception of a mantra is that it's about that feeling. It's like Mm -hmm. you're embracing the feeling behind it. When I look at affirmations, I think it's gotten so overused in our society today. And it's like, you know, like that typical one of, you know, weight loss is a big thing. Like, oh, I'm my goal weight. 
Mm-hmm. Well, great. Do you believe it? And what's the feeling behind it? There is none when you're saying that as kind of that place, right? So if you're doing a mantra, it's like, I am healthier. And it's all about, you know, how you look at it. You can, same thing if you believe in affirmation, but if you're getting to the feeling is the most important part, like you said, then it's a different idea and a different tool than if we're just saying, say what you want or see what you want rather than feel what you want. Absolutely. I'm not a big proponent of affirmations Mm -hmm. in large part because you are repeating something that your conscious mind does not believe that your unconscious mind does not believe to be true. Right. And so you can say it, but your unconscious mind is going, "Uh uh-huh, but you're not. No, Mm -hmm. no, you're not. Yep. And, and so when I create the customized gratitude meditations that I create for people, when I first started, I was putting in more affirmation type phrases and I've changed it now to more of why do I have, why am I feeling, why this, when you're asking the question, you're kind of setting a GPS for your mind to Mm -hmm. figure out why and, Mm -hmm. and to go find the circumstances that support it as opposed to telling your mind something that it doesn't believe. Exactly. Yeah. That's huge. Cause with the affirmation piece, he said like where our subconscious mind or unconscious mind is like, yeah, okay. And we think as humans that we're so smart that we can counteract or, you know, <laughs> circumvent like our subconscious. We cannot. No, <laughs> it's no. like, so we can't trick that subconscious mind. And so then we're just wasting our time, right? Because our yeah. conscious mind knows that we're trying to say this and trying to believe it. But our subconscious is like, yeah, right. That's right. That pattern is like, no, so that block. So I like that you said that when you get to the feeling as well as why, man, that is such a beautiful piece to pick out. I, um, I like that cause it helps your mind really like play it through of like, what is like going on and why am I doing this or why am I, why am I not doing this? Right. Well, it's asking your mind the question instead of giving it a statement that it doesn't believe you're giving it the opportunity to analyze the question like, well, why am I at my goal weight? Why am I, uh, so why do I have so much abundance in my life? Why, you know, why do I feel so amazing Mm-hmm. and healthy that the mind is not rejecting that because it's not a statement. It's a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I think that there is, um, it's funny because I think that as humans, when we hear that, why given to us in ourselves, like in our own minds, we're more likely to process it through when mm-hmm. somebody else asks us that I think it's really interesting because when we look at like tools and traditional counseling. And obviously that's my background. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, I come from that space. There's this idea that a statement actually allows clients to speak more and to um, explore the idea more. And I think that it depends where it comes from, right? I think yeah. when it's mm-hmm. when we're in that space where we're asking ourselves questions, we're able to process it more. But I think too, when it's a statement, we're if somebody else is saying it, then we have like this different approach to it. How do you feel about that? I think I agree with you because when you are asking the why kind of questions of other people, sometimes they can get defensive and it's Mm -hmm. because it can feel like you're questioning their authority or credibility. Yeah. But when you're posing that question to yourself, 
Mm-hmm. It's you don't take it that way necessarily. Like I, I haven't had the experience that clients take it that way. Yeah, I like that. I, that's what I agree with. I think too, it is. It's based on we do get really defensive with other people, but when we're in our own space, especially when you're in like a meditative space, mm-hmm. you're able to kind of approach that of like uh, you're in you're able to be more vulnerable right we're able to step into that vulnerability space or when somebody else asks us well why why are you you know do this this and this it is that oh nope i'm defensive i've got that wall up and we kind of we like to either prove ourselves or um and that's not always how it happens but i think it can happen so it's a different um question yeah yeah i i agree and also just the way that I phrase them in the meditations too. It's not a, it's not a, a like questioning authority thing. You're asking mm-hmm. yourself why, you know, why am I so happy? Right. It's yeah. But right. When, when you're asking questions of other people, I would, I would encourage changing the word why to, you know, expl- help me understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. The traditional, like, tell me more, <laughs> but it's true. Right. There's a reason behind that in psychology. So I just think yeah. that was kind of interesting, but kind of a different tangent. I am curious though, um, going back to that piece of, you know, like we said, the traditional, like what, right. The three things or the five things you're grateful for. That's not helpful all the time. Right. It can be in certain instances, but how are other ways that we can, or what are other ways that we can bring in gratitude into our daily practice or into our lives? I'm so glad you asked me that question (laughs) because I have this exercise that I give to my clients that is just so powerful and they love it Mm -hmm. when I talk about it and it's really easy. So every single person who's listening to this recording can implement it right now as soon as you're finished listening. And it's called, it's called the, but I'm grateful for exercise. So we're human. Mm -hmm. We have a tendency to criticize and complain, no matter how aware we become of it, we still do it uh, from time Mm -hmm. to time. Now, when you catch yourself doing that, you add on, but I'm grateful for. Hmm. So I don't know if you have a specific incident that that's happened today or this week, Caitlin, that you were just like, ah, I can't believe this freaking happened. You know, I do actually. <laughs> I think right. about what is, what is it? Um, I had a, a potential client cancel their, um, well, show up late to their their session. And I have kind of this 15-minute grace period. We'd had a conversation the prior week about, you know, showing up for counseling and what the expectation was, what it was for. And not necessarily for me, but for them too. Like, mm-hmm. this is your journey. And they sh- called me 17 minutes after the session. And um, I let them know that they had missed the session. And because of that 15 minutes grace period, and they laughed and told me that they were two minutes late and I was being unreasonable. And to me, like, I dealt with this. Like, this is not something, but I was like, oof, that hit a nerve. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So it was kind of like, I can't believe they were so uh, disrespectful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, yeah. but I'm gr- but I'm grateful for what? But I'm grateful that my other clients are respectful and do show up on time. Yes. Yep. Like whatever it is, I just answered that for you, but you could have something else to say, but I'm grateful for as you add on something you know different. Yeah, I think it's 
for me, I like the one you said, but I think it's also, but I'm grateful for, almost like I'm grateful for the trigger because it showed me where some boundaries need to mm. occur mm -hmm. or like where my boundaries need to be a little firmer. So I think that was, it was a growth opportunity for me. So I feel like, but I'm grateful for my growth opportunity yeah. with this emotion coming up. Yeah. Perfect. So, right. So that, but I'm grateful for, and you know, talking about semantics, like we were earlier about what the word why, that we are typically taught not to use the word, but because it mm -hmm. negates the first part of the sentence. And that's exactly why we are using it in I this, love that. in this, uh, example or in this, um, this way. I love that. I do. I, Cause I was thinking of that when you said that, I'm like, I am all about language obviously. And, um, I, so I liked that when she said, yeah, when you were like, but I'm grateful for, I was like, Ooh, she's negating the first part. I love it. <laughs> and it's yeah. powerful. It's another yeah. awesome tool that goes more to that subconscious, right? Because it does like our subconscious negates what we say before the word, but so if we're using that, we are letting go of, and even like, as you said it, and it's so simple. I can feel that. Like I was like, yeah. but I'm grateful for this learning opportunity. And then I was like, Oh, that totally shifts how I feel about it. So yep, yep, yeah, it's really powerful. I love that. That's huge. Um, yeah, I think all of our listeners, you got to try this out. Um, it's definitely a, like Lori said, super simple tool, but really, really powerful to use a shift. And again, I like too, that it's like, it's not adding another thing to your list at the end of the day when you're mm -hmm. tired. This is something that you can do throughout the day when you're noticing those thought patterns, those things that are not helpful, that criticizing, like you said, or that complaining, right? Because mm -hmm. that does. We go, we're kind of hardwired in a sense, I think, with how society has shaped of to go to that negative. Yes. To and go the, back to that. And the more you practice using this exercise or any exercise for finding gratitude, the more naturally... Mm -hmm you will just go there just straight mm -hmm. away. Like, you know, people say, oh, you'll look at this in a couple of years and laugh about it. Or, you know, if you're in a situation, mm. well, the, the more you practice gratitude and there's a reason it's called a practice, the more you practice it, mm -hmm. the better you get at it. And the more naturally you will then automatically go there right away. So you don't have to be mm -hmm. angry about the situation. You can immediately see the gratitude in it, shift your energetic vibration and go to the better, higher place. Yeah, you definitely can. And I like too that this practice you're talking about kind of it on multiple layers of our human functioning, right? You're talking about it on like the energetic standpoint of like how it's energetically such a high vibration as well as using it to trick our, not trick, but using it to allow our subconscious minds to let go of what was said before and we're calling ourselves out on those conscious thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really a beautiful, I talk a lot with my clients of, you can't try to heal and change your life on one level because we're not like linear yeah. beings. We have all these different levels energetically, emotionally, cognitively, physically, right? So if we're doing it on all these levels, we really can allow that healing. So I love that you incorporate that into kind of this practice in your, in your work. Yeah, yeah, and if nothing else, doing this is it you just feel better to be in a mm -hmm. more grateful place than in that angry resentful hostile resent angry place like that mm -hmm. doesn't feel good it we know it affects your health physically 
mentally and emotionally. Right. But for if nothing else, it just doesn't feel good. Why would you want to be there? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it creates this other kind of neural pathway too, like you were saying. It allows us to go back to that um, that gratitude more quickly. And it is because we are actually physically creating that neural pathway in our brain to say, yeah. All right, I'm I actually I'm gonna steer towards gratitude. What is the gratitude that I got out of this? Or why is this what am I grateful for in this opportunity that I initially wouldn't have been grateful for, or whatever it is. So I like that. Um, that's the other piece too, that kind of physical, as we're talking about the layers of our being that it does incorporate all of them. Yeah. That's the, I'm so fascinated. Like if I uh, came back and redid this life or I don't know, maybe I'll have another one. Um, but (laughs) the field of how the brain works is so fascinating Mm -hmm. to me because you're right. We are literally rewiring our brains when we do this. Mm hmm. It is. It's crazy. I know that's a lot of my interest. Like I'm obviously kind of the counseling route, but I'm also a neuro-linguistic practitioner. Yeah. So that is kind of like the, the wording and like the, mm-hmm. how the brain works and how we can kind of do this. It's so fascinating. We're just, we're really cool beings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's also why I feel like I was drawn to you with the fine is a four letter word mm-hmm. kind of idea. Um, because I think that it's also not just how a lot of us start to identify, but it's also how a lot of us start to answer like our, how are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah. Right. It becomes, well, it's socially acceptable to Mm -hmm. say that. And there are a couple of reasons why people respond with fine. One, it's habit. Two, they don't want to upset the person they're talking to. Like I don't want to burden them with all of my stuff. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to, I just won't share. Or three, they don't even recognize themselves that they're in a place where everything's not great. Like they're denying it to themselves. They're, they're fooling themselves. It's okay. It's good enough. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And that is not a place to live. I mean, that's surviving, mm-hmm. but our souls are designed to grow and expand that's their their whole purpose for being here is growth and so how can and so when you are stuck in this place where everything's fine it's fine you're essentially dying because really you're either growing or dying right and when you're stuck at fine you're not growing so therefore you're kind of just atrophying Mm -hmm. yeah so what do you tell people as like if they are like, oh, shoot, like I'm saying fine all the time when people ask me, like, what do you say is kind of the step to get out of that? Recognizing that you're doing it first, right? Mm-hmm. That's always the first step, yep. recognizing. And now that you're hearing this and you hear the term fine is the four-letter word, it's going to stick in your mind. <laughs> you're yep. going to like, oh, I just said fine. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about being honest. So So when I say that, this isn't about positive toxic positivity and just being like oh everything's fantastic when it's not it's not about not recognizing your emotions or negating emotions that don't feel good it completely every emotion is valid and i'm saying Mm -hmm. feel them instead of stuff them down one of my podcast guests used the analogy of of like holding a beach ball underwater you can only do it for so long and it's it's Mm -hmm. gonna come up Mm -hmm. So don't hold it under, you know, 
let yourself express your emotions. Be real with people. This is how we make real relationships with people is by being mm-hmm. vulnerable. Now, of course, you have to evaluate the situation. It's not like the grocery store clerk asks you how you're doing and you unload everything on her. But <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Boundaries. <laughs> yeah like uh right um but in a in when people who genuinely might care to know then be vulnerable enough to share and if you're in a you know a social situation you're at a party or you're at a networking event or something and somebody asks you that question which is a horrible question anyway um you know how are you doing uh, you know i I've had better days and I'm working on it or, you know, you don't, it's just, Mm. what can you say also to be honest, but maybe not as vulnerable as you might be with somebody who knows you a little better. Because I like that. that I like that. That allows the other person to also go, Oh yeah, I'm human too. I've had days Mm -hmm. like that and they can either support you or they can feel not so alone because they, they feel that way too, or they've been feeling that way or whatever it is. It allows for a real human connection. I love that. Yes, it does. Because we do get so in the habit of like getting so afraid of feelings and even like responding to feelings, like you said, and it it does, it takes away the power of this disconnection, this wall that we keep up, keep up with other people. And it does. And I think too, like, I really liked how you said, like, you know, I've had better days, but I'm working on it. Cause then it's not eliciting advice. If you don't want that, Mm -hmm. it's not saying like, you know, how can I make this better? It's saying like, "Mm, I'm not feeling super great, but that's okay because I'm working on it. And then, like you said, it also allows that person to feel like they're not alone. But more than that too, it also allows that connection for that person to realize how to respond to an emotion, Mm -hmm. how to respond and bringing that emotion back in. Because I will tell you that is one of the biggest things that I work on with all of my clients. And when I say that, I know it's a generalization, but it is true. All of my clients that we are bringing back feeling and emotion. I will ask every single one of my clients. I'm sure if any clients are listening to this, they know because I will say when somebody tells me a thought, I will say, and how did that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Or what is the feeling behind that? What is the emotion behind that? Because thoughts don't, they matter a lot, but the feeling is what matters more than anything Mm -hmm. because the feeling is going to dictate what happens with the thoughts. The feeling is going to dictate what happens with the behavior that comes. So when we can bring that feeling back into our daily lives and practice it, just like you said, you have to practice this gratitude, practice all these different things. Then we can move forward in our lives of connecting again, which I loved that you pointed that out. Yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah. That's actually the, the three, the trilogy for success that I have in underneath my fuck being fine program. That's the structure. Mm -hmm. The the framework is called the trilogy for success. And the first one is gratitude. The second one is connections. Mm. And the third one is courage. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, right? The connection piece. Um, you know, I work a lot with addiction and recovery and substance abuse, and I work with the co-occurring of mental health. And so, I love that because the connection when, you know, I'm talking to somebody that's struggling with substance abuse, we always say that the opposite of addiction or substance use is not abstinence. It's connection. Yes. Right. Yes. So 
we have to have that connection. And I would say with everybody, regardless of the substance abuse, we're not meant to do this alone. Life is challenging. So let's connect and bring those feelings up and process them and be comfortable with those feelings. Be comfortable with the uncomfortable because there are uncomfortable feelings. But you also said too, you said that every emotion is valid. And I love that because I also share that every single emotion is healthy for an individual to feel. Mm-hmm. A healthy individual feel or a healthy individual feels all of the emotions on that lovely feeling wheel that we see all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. once you feel them, then you again it comes back to that allowing. You allow mm-hmm. them and then process and move forward. Mm-hmm. When you're Love that. You know, you've probably heard the phrase of what you resist persists. So if you keep saying, Mm -hmm. no, 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 I'm not feeling that, not feeling that, it's going to keep coming back and showing up until you allow the feeling. Yeah. And then it's true. Like, I like the beach ball analogy you shared, too, because, you know, we're joking about, like, don't unload your stuff on the grocery store, Clark. But my friends, if you have that beach ball and it comes up, you are going to unload your stuff on the grocery store, Clark, because you're not doing it anywhere else. And we all know what that feels like. How many times have we gone out? Like, my husband would tease me all the time. He'd be like, I would be that person that would ask somebody how they were doing and or be like, oh, like, you know, if it's like, oh, yeah, my day's great. How's yours? And it would always be like the word vomit. Right. And then everybody would be like, I don't understand why people share their life story. And it's like, well, because that's a reality that we a lot of us are doing that beach ball analogy of just shove it down. It'll be fine. And then it's like, oh, shoot, somebody asked me how I'm doing. And then it just comes out. Right. right. At the at the least opportune time. Yeah. And then you're like, the other person's over here like, I just wanted to get my groceries. Right, like, right. I didn't ask you. And it's like, <laughs> so, and if we can get more comfortable with these emotions and these feelings and we have these proper outlets where we are processing them or we're talking with the coach or we're talking with the counselor or something, then we can process it so that does not happen. Mm-hmm. But also, like you said, we still need to have the realness of like, I just, like, absolutely loved that piece of what you said of, like, I'm having a hard day, but it's okay. I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful way to move forward. Mm-hmm. If I take anything away, that is what I'm taking away because okay. I'm sitting here, too. Like, yeah, because, I mean, you've shared amazing things, many amazing things. But as I'm sitting here, every single person, like, we go through our growth and we get in this habit, like you said. That was the first reason you said of why people say I'm fine. And I do that, too. I don't say I'm fine. I'm always like, oh, I'm good. How are you? Mm-hmm. And it's like, am I good? Am I like, what is the actual feeling that's happening? So even as, you know, we're working on this and talking about this, we all still are learning from it and doing it. So there's no shame when we're identifying this and moving forward of like, oh, wow, I'm, you know, maybe I'm not good today. Maybe I'm elated today. Like maybe I'm stressed today, you know? Yeah. And when you are elated and you say that instead of stuffing it down you know, on the other end of the spectrum, like I'm having a fantastic day. Mm -hmm. That is infectious as well. Yes, You can bring Mm -hmm. other people up by sharing your enthusiasm. Right. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think, you know, that just makes me, um, I think we need to celebrate like our daily wins, right? And mm-hmm. talk about like celebrating this stuff. And that's kind of what it made me think of, of. I wrote this blog about celebrating your daily wins. And I think that too, like 
the piece of when we say like I'm fantastic or like share what's happening, like share why it's a fantastic day because you deserve to celebrate those wins and feel that as well. Yes. And that's something that I have just really been learning and working on in the past year of why it's so important to celebrate your wins, not just it's not a bragging thing, but mm-hmm. the more you celebrate the, your wins, the more wins the universe brings to you to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So if that's right. not incentive, like, I don't know right. what is. Just celebrate. <laughs> exactly. Even, even the ones that you think are insignificant, they're not. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter the size of it. Like, you know, I... Um, for and, and none are, like insignificant. So for somebody, one person Mm -hmm. getting out of bed in the morning might be a win. Celebrate that. Somebody else Mm -hmm. gets a book contract. Okay. Different win. Celebrate that. It doesn't matter. Whatever is a win for you at whatever, wherever you are in life. Yeah. I love that. That's huge because I think that goes back to that idea of like, I, you know, the Um, part in your bio that I touched on of like bringing Gen Xers back to a place of liking themselves and their lives again. That's Mm -hmm. a huge piece in celebrating your daily wins, right? Like I just had um, a client relapse and they were just beating themselves up about this relapse. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, I'm like, did you use in the last hour? They're like, well, no. I'm like, great. That's a huge win. Let's celebrate that. Right. Like, and even if it's not, you know, I've been sober and I've hit my year or I, like you said, got a book deal. Did you brush your teeth today? Yeah. Great. That can be a huge win and celebrate that and feel it Mm -hmm. because then you are, like you said, you're learning to enjoy your life again because the universe does bring you more wins that way. Yeah. Because you're in a gratitude space. And (laughs) right, right. Exactly. Then you're stacking joy. Mm-hmm. And you're redirecting your focus. Now you're focusing mm-hmm. on all of the, the positive things. And again, it's not po- toxic positivity. It's not like right. put on a smile when you, know, you feel right. like the world is on fire around you. It's, it's actually looking for the good. Mm-hmm. Because again, what you look for, you will, you, will find, you will always find what you're looking for. Yep, you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you put that energy to is what will increase. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I love that. You just said stacking joy on top of joy. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful like analogy. <laughs> I love that. That's really great. Yeah. I like that because I think too, sometimes we get um when we're saying like we get scared of these uncomfortable emotions. I think sometimes too we get scared of like, do we deserve to feel all these positive emotions? And so I liked that. Yeah. Do we deserve to feel these positive emotions? And then also, you know, I just um, wrote a LinkedIn post recently. I I came out of a meditation and I had this idea, and I'm just looking back in my um, my thing right now, um, in my journal. But it was, um, why are people so reluctant to accept unlimited possibility when it comes to positive good things? And the complete opposite when it comes to negative outcomes. The possibility of getting a seven-figure deal is met with skepticism and doubt, but the possibility of getting a disease or going bankrupt is accepted and expected. Why is that? Mm. I like that. Yeah. And how is it that we've been conditioned to believe the negative and not the positive? 
Yep. Oof. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like we were talking about earlier, that piece of we've kind of been wired to focus on that negative, to accept that negative, to go to those negative thought patterns. And you really highlighted that beautifully. And, you know, why is that? And why does that have to be the reality? It does not have to be the reality. Exactly. (laughs) This is what you and I are doing in this world is helping people rewire their brains to be more uh, focused on the the positive, the good potential instead of the negative. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I always talk to um, my clients, too, about when I do presentations, you talk about visualization. A lot mm-hmm. as a form. Visualization is a form of meditation. Not all meditation is visualization, but it's a form. Right. And so you are, when you're doing a, a typical visualization, you're visualizing the goals that you'd like, the outcomes you'd like to have. And so I always mm-hmm. pose the question, what, do, what is it called when you're visualizing negative outcomes? And everybody sits there thinking for a minute. Do you know? I don't. It's called worry. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yep. We, we it do absolutely it is. all the time mm-hmm. and aren't even aware of it. And yet we struggle or it's much more of an effort to visualize positive outcomes. You are so right. I was just thinking about that. And how often do we really visualize positive outcomes? Yeah. And it's definitely not as much as we worry. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Worry comes naturally. And the visualizing Mm -hmm. positive outcomes is something that we have to rewire our brains for. It's crazy. It is. Wow. Well, man, I could keep talking to you. I feel like I'll be respectful of time, but I loved this conversation, Lori. I think that the work you are doing is beautiful, and I love that it's really focused around shaking things up and that gratitude, really bringing that into your life to experience more of a positive life. I think that's awesome. So um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, And I do want to share with our listeners too, I'm going to put all of Lori's information in the episode notes so that you guys can go um, look at her program, look at the meditation she does, all of her good stuff. I'm like blown away by that LinkedIn post. So absolutely follow her on social media because I will be. Um, But again, thank you so much, Lori. I had so much fun having you on the podcast. I had fun too. Thanks so much for having me, Caitlin. Yeah, and our listeners, feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. Let us know what you thought, and we always love your feedback and value it. Um, And I will see you soon on the next episode of the Abundance Alchemist Podcast. Bye, guys. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist Podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.